Hello, this is Dirt, the podcast. I'm Dermot Gavin and I'm a garden designer. And every week I host a podcast along with Cat Weasel. Cat Weasel being... <laughs> what? <laughs> well, think about it. <laughs> Do I have to respond to that? Yeah, you, you have to explain who Cat Weasel is. I'm Cat Weasel, and my name is Paul Smith. I'm a plants person, gardener, and we, every week, talk about gardening. We discuss the kind of grittier side of gardening. We just talk about whatever is interesting yeah, to us. Yeah, that's what we do, but why would I call you Cat Weasel? I don't want to know that. You both laughed. Darren laughed. Yeah, well, you can laugh all you like. I don't... Okay, well, you explain it. Was it your... obviously hit a nerve. <laughs> With both of you, I'm just here to press record. I'm, this is a cameo. I'm here as a favor to Aiden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aiden, Aiden is our regular host. Um, well, she hosts us. Um, but yeah, cat whistles. There's a bit of the cat whistle because you're a bit of the forager, a bit of the hairy bloke, a bit of the <laughs> delightful eccentric, and certainly a free spirit. Uh, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall, actually, uh, I like him. I started to watch him a lot when I was a kid, and I thought... Where are we going with this? Nowhere. But you're saying about the hairy bloke, and... So let me do this again. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Dart with Dermot and Cat Weasel. I'm Cat Weasel. I'm Paul. I'm a gardener. And every week, we talk about gardening. Well, that's a bit... We can't just say we talk about gardening, can we? We do. <laughs> what else do we talk about every week? Social injustice. Do you really want to go down this rabbit hole? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're new to this, what are you going to find? We would hope to engage with the magic of gardening because gardening affects everybody at some stage in their lives. We're surrounded by this incredible natural world, but we would have different attitudes about gardening and we would like as many people as possible to get involved We'd like to show people that gardening is for everybody, whatever age, because it's all to do with how we live now. And in times of challenging, and let's face it, the last couple of decades, not just the last couple of years, have been really hard, really tough on people. So there is a way to get earthed, and that is with the soil. Yeah, and we're just going to pick a topic or two every week and kind of, you know, bash it out, have our thoughts on it. Uh, I guess we're free-spirited, open-minded, and we like to explore a topic as much as possible and, yeah, see see our thoughts on I it. I think that's right. In terms of gardening, we're different to the rest of them. Dirt, a Go Loud original. None of the riffraff have written reviews. The riffraff being anyone who listens to you? Uh, the riffraff well, are our community on Instagram, so we go live on Instagram between 7 and 8 on my account. Every every weekday evening, and they're involved in everything we do, and they turn up every night. They're quite incredible. They're all around the world, and they're excited by if we do a book or a festival. But they're especially excited by the podcast, and they share links with each other and let people know we're doing it. But not one, and and they like the program because we've about eighteen likes. Okay, and our rating is. 5.9 anyway it's very very high but nobody's left a review well ratings are always a bit funny especially if you go onto Google ratings because I've told you this before 
if you look up the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific, uh, the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean on Google, you'll find that one of them has three point seven out of five stars, and the other has three point nine out of five stars, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and this is why I don't know if I want to be reviewed because the comments about it, you know, one of them says, "Oh, it's a bit wet," and this one's too big and it's a bit salty, and all of this crap that you get when people have the opportunity to freely, freely comment. So that's all I'll say about having comments. Yeah, on well, no, I can understand. Understand that because I would give the what, what were my options the Atlantic and the uh, specific. Ha- <laughs> I, I just wanted to, you. Can't I have to say it again. <laughs> Be specific about that, Paul. I hate you that see, word. I've never liked that word. Yeah, but you said it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> or almost said it. Um, I'd rather the because I think of musicals like South Pacific. Oh fuck off. <laughs> So I think it's much more romantic, much more warm, and it'll be girls in grass skirts. Okay, and what about our podcast? How would you review that? Oh, I'd give it a... a well, I'd say it's interesting. Uh, right. Uh, in that case, you should like, subscribe, and rate on the Go Loud app. So in... When I was a young gardener... Fado, fado. I got a call. I'd won a few competitions. Okay. I'd won... I've been to garden festivals in a place called the RDS, the Royal Dublin Society, which is a showground in the city. And I'd, it's always been easy for me to design gardens that look pretty for pretty people and win gold medals. And I did that. And because in a particular year, which was about 1993, mm-hmm. I'd won the gold medal at the RDS at the... What, what are you whispering to me? It was the year I was born. You're joking. <laughs> no, I'm not messing. Alex. <laughs> Because I won the gold medal, I became for a while, you know, the gardener of the day. And this woman, who was the journalist of the day, her name was Terry Keane, called me and said she wanted her garden done in a very swanky suburb of no, not not, not suburb, just outside Dublin city centre, in a place called Ranala. But I wasn't allowed design the garden. Helen Dillon, a renowned gardener who lived up the street, designed the garden over a gin uh, gin and tonic. Is it the type of garden designed on the back of a cigarette packet? Well, it literally was designed. So I had to interpret this design done on the back of a pack of fags back in 1993 and build it out. And I was homeless at the time. Nowhere to live. I had a battered old van. I was couch surfing and whatever. And soon, as is the way, sometimes with us gardeners, we end up living in the house. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it does happen. It, it happens because if you have a skill, you're valued. Yeah, people like that. Yeah. Funny, gardeners are always, you know, seen in a higher light, even though they're in some ways not. But yeah, as you say, if there's that skill there, people will appreciate it. Yeah, and, go, and if you can drop the Latin names, they love it. Oh, yeah. 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 And you hear things you shouldn't hear. Oh, you do. Because people think, oh, the gardener, you can have that conversation when they're there. And next thing, you know, you know what stock's been invested in which country and whatever. (laughs) You are a mystery. And if you're presentable and you work hard, people open up. You can solve problems for people. And if you're knowledgeable and also if you're seen as being arted, all sorts of stuff can happen. So you built this garden? Built this garden, moved into the house and married the daughter. And then... 25 years later? 
everything has changed. Still married to the daughter, but everything else has changed. A few years after that, house is sold and um, per Terry departed this uh, mortal coil. Is that what they call it? This mortal coil? I never understood that. What is a mortal coil? What's a mortal coil, Darren? Yeah. Well, that's no good. Well, we're you're, here. We're on it. <laughs> in this situation, you are the young gardener. You're meant to know everything. I am a young gardener. I have. I will soon have a garden. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, tell us more. <laughs> no, Darren, you've changed the subject. What's a mortal coil? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, it's Shakespeare, isn't it? And so 25 years later, I get a call from a guy who has bought this house. The house has been owned by a number of people. He's bought this house... He's from Morocco, um, and he's heard the stories that this house was the house back in the day, 25 years ago, and that I have done the garden. He doesn't have a clue who I am. He looks me up and he says, look, I've bought this place and I would like to restore it to the garden that you created because this was a fine house and the house was a party house and the garden was meant to be beautiful and can we do that? And... We, you and me, went down pretty much immediately, and he was an amazing guy. And the, day, the day I met him was the day his child had been born. His child is called Adam. He came from the maternity hospital, and met me, and he wanted to go drinking. He wanted to show me to go, and he wanted to go drinking to celebrate. He got the wrong man because I don't drink. But if Terry could have seen who had bought her house, she would have been overjoyed because Ali sells aeroplanes. Big bloody massive jets to all the big people around the world, all the big um, airlines uh, around the world. He lives in a few different countries and he wanted to restore the garden. And indeed we did. And when Ali does something, he really does it properly and he goes for it. And the garden there um, is no exception. And And the reason that he bought a garden there coming from Marrakesh and living at that stage in Hong Kong is that he married another aircraft leaser, lesser or leaser, Lisa. Lisa, and her name is Karina, and she's from Terran Europe. Works from the competition, though. Works for the competition. Still. And, yeah. <laughs> and still does, yeah. So it's um, Ali and Karina, and now little Adam, who's just about to be two. I've just actually driven from there. I was there this morning looking at the garden, uh, kind of doing an overview of it, and it really has just filled since we, we did it about two years ago now, and the garden has burst back to life. You were there last night looking at it. And it is incredible. It's it's incredible. It's just it's it's never looked as good. It didn't look so good twenty five years ago. It looks amazing now because Ali knew what he wanted. He wanted the bones of what we had done then back, but then he wanted that Moroccan and French inspiration brought, and he's absolutely achieved it. But now he's given me a new project, and it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say too much about it because he hasn't brought the property yet but the property is in Marrakesh and he wants in the next year he's about to buy it over the next few days I think he wants me to design a new garden on this vast acreage in Marrakesh so in the city just outside the walls of the city and he wants me to design it for a dinner he's going to have and there are about 500 people coming to this dinner, and the dinner is in a year's time. I feel a Moroccan special coming on. I do too. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. So, Paul, I've got a little quandary. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a funny one. I like to be... I'm a cool dad. She's told me I'm a cool dad. 
She says her mates think. Now, she doesn't give out compliments easily, but she says her mates think I'm a cool dad. But she's getting to that age where she's finding herself and is this evening going camping on the beach with seven mates in two towns. Right. On the beach where it's illegal to go camping. But that's not a conundrum, surely. No, that's not the conundrum. The conundrum is drink. She wants me. She got a I got a text from her last night saying, Ella just asked me if I could bring a little Orchard Thieves. So if the mother won't kill me, could we pick up some on the way tomorrow? So I'm bringing her, I got her from this text, to the beach. And I think I've said to her, because I want to know what she's at, and I want her to be able to say what she's at. So if she's smoking, if there's drugs going around, if she's drinking, I want to know. So when she told me she was about to have a drink a while back, I said, well, I went and bought some beer and said, let's have a drink together, even though I don't drink. (laughs) Uh, That's how cool you are. That's how cool I am. (laughs) But, so, I didn't know what this text meant, and I had to look up Orchard Thieves, and it's a brand of cider. Well, it's on gardening topics at least you're, yeah. Um, yeah exactly. so yeah it, it's a posh cider it's kind of like the you know top end of the cider scale so I don't mind her having a bit of cider on the beach but the text says Ella just asked me if I could bring so what do I do do I become an enabler a pusher I can make decisions about an enable and help my little one because I want to know but if Ella's asking do I, what do I do say yeah but it's just for you, or? You can lay down that. It's not going to listen to, but if you, that's like a disclaimer, isn't it? It's only for you. Although she's, that's, a kind, she's a good kid. She yeah. will listen. Or do I just say no? Or do I get into... Is she a good kid or just a good manipulator to make you think that she would listen? She, if she's the same <laughs> as me, she's a good manipulator. Okay, question answer. She answered. partially is, yeah. <laughs> Dirt. A Go Loud original. People love wildflowers. On my Instagram, it's just gone crazy. When you post something about wildflowers, it gets treble the amount of attention. It's unbelievable. Mental. And as twee as you want. Absolutely. And you know I'm as twee as they come. And this just gets them all super excited. It's like in publishing. I remember years ago in London, sitting in the publisher's office and talking about what books would sell. And they were a fairly interesting publisher. And they said, look, damn it, if we want the book to sell, we just put a picture of fuchsia on the front cover, or a magazine to sell. We just put a picture, it's fuchsia porn. So people do like certain types of colour. And of course, colour, fuchsia is incorrect. familiar. Go on. Uh, the correct Fuck. uh, fuchsia, because it was named for a Japanese botanist, uh, Dr. Fuxi something or other, I can't think of his name, but the correct pronunciation of his name was fuchsia, uh, so therefore you have to pronounce it fuchsia, not fuchsia. <laughs> it's just little... I, I better check. Who's going to tell Gardner's Question Time on BBC Radio for that? I will. I'll come on and do it. Do you know what we should do? We should inundate every television programme, every, mag- every radio programme, uh, every podcast, every Instagram broadcaster with this question. How do you pronounce fuchsia? Uh, now, I need to find his name. I need to make sure that just this is correct. Be, be, to hear the Queen's English been spoken like. Oh, sorry. I beg your pardon. It wasn't Japanese. He was German. 
Uh, now, this is where it gets problematic. Why? Because it's another German, Irish, English plant explorer coming and naming a plant after themselves. Where did the plant come from? It came from... Ah, the Caribbean island. So this bloke well, goes over to the Caribbean Hispanolia. island, flying, finds a plant Casey that, and Dominican Republic it is now. So takes what belongs to them, names it after himself. Leonard Fox. Leonard <laughs> Leon Hart, which I presume is Leonard in English. Is that his picture? Or, uh, yeah, that's him. Yeah, he uh, looks like he's from medieval He doesn't times. give a fucks <laughs> what you think of him. Um, well, he was born He was born in January 1501. Yeah. And he died he likes 50 it. years later. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's Henry VIII kind of style. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leonard Fuchs. So Fuchsia, fuchsia, as everyone calls it, those lovely hanging basket plants that everybody wants, should be pronounced Fuchsia because it was named after German botanist Leonard Fuchs. That's all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. but It has everything to do with everything because people love their fuchsia. Well, it's topical. It's, it's not topical. Right. It's just yeah. a funny... It's one of those things I love. Take a biscuit. Oh, no. Uh, do you want to talk about houseplants or do you want to talk about our rant, our pet pets? Well, maybe we've done our two... We've done Marrakesh. Or have we done Marrakesh? We haven't really. We've we could. Us, sorry. Yeah. Well, should we do what? Because it's not officially confirmed that Aideen has passed yet. So should we still stick by her rules? And she might do after hearing this edit. I think you'll be the one that passed if you hear that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because she turned up at my house one day a bit like, "What's that, Killing Eve?" No, it was a bit like when you did the TV show two years back and this person arrived and no one knew who it was at 11 o'clock in the I'll night. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And it was just when we'd wrapped on a television series and, and it was Everyone was looking at each other going, who is this woman? And, and the riffraff so- were in full flow at that stage and this woman turns up and barged her way into the house and it was 11 o'clock. And we had other people there because it was a kind of rap we were filming with other people, like one of those Nigella Lawson's, uh, Dermot has lots of trendy friends uh, and thing. And I was fed up of everybody. And this girl arrives. And I went out the back and said, somebody f***ing deal with her. I don't know who she is. I don't know why she's here. And she said, she's in the kitchen. She's in the kitchen. She's chatting to them all in the kitchen. We made tea She for knows her. everything. And we made tea for her. Then it turns out that she was about to Collect the tape reels. the tapes and drive to Donegal that night. And she had driven from Donegal to make sure the programme was broadcast the following day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it reminds me of something else. Can't remember. You're still on your Leonard Fox, aren't you? Do you have any gardening pet hates? Yeah. What are they? It's more an industry thing than a gardening thing. Plastic, oh. plastic pots. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good it one. Really, it's, it really upsets. So plants used to be grown in the ground. They used to be sold in, in, in winter, autumn, right through winter. What we'd call bare-rooted or dug up with soil and wrapped in hessian or whatever. Have you just been bitten? No, my shoulder is that. I don't know why. 
Yeah, well, I have a bad leg. I'm good to see a specialist on Monday. Well, this is the problem with gardeners. We don't last too long. <laughs> Bits fall off. Uh, so the advent about 40 years ago, containerization came and it, it opened up the industry and allowed people... It revolutionised the industry in terms of what happened after that because after that, the garden centre, as we know it in today's form, became a thing. Before that, nurseries locally grew plants and they used to sell a few to people in the locality and that was that. All of a sudden... Plants could be sold every single day of the year. People became more and more interested in gardening. More houses were being built. The suburbs were being expanded. And then it kind of took off. And people then wanted this whole lifestyle from you're, the garden You're absolutely center. right. It, it was revolutionised. It, it was as strong as that. And then the advent of the Dutch trolley. What's a Dutch trolley? It's something that, unless you in in the industry, you won't know it. But it's this weird, horrible thing that's it's really horrible. flimsy. It's so horrible. But yes, it means that you can transport hundreds of plants. So it's like a, a shopping trolley, tall shopping trolley with shelves. Yeah, which you can dismantle. Quite large shelves. So it's like containerization, like the shipping. Containers. The whole thing can be put down into a very small area, and very like shopping trolleys, they all have dodgy wheels. Oh, yeah, so you can't direct it, you can't push it, you can't pull it, it wants to go its own way. So, containerization meant that plants could be sold all year round, and this invention of the Dutch uh, trolley, which was adopted by the nursery and garden centre and retail industry right the way around the world, meant they could be delivered really fast from Amsterdam to wherever you were. But... What has happened is plastic pots have taken over. Everything is grown in or sold in plastic pots. And if you're a landscaper or a gardener, you end up using thousands and thousands of these. Typically in a garden, you could use seven, eight, nine hundred plastic pots. Yeah, I have a shed full of them. Uh, so do you, know, I. you go and you do a planting job and you have to take away the waste that's usually part of the deal when you're planting up someone's garden and it's plastic that is not going to rot then no it's hard black plastic I have a friend luckily uh, I'm sure we'll have him on at some point Forest Moon Rory, Rory he was Newell. 40 yesterday happy birthday Rory happy birthday belated Rory <laughs> uh, but yeah he has a nursery he's setting up one in the west of Ireland he's going to call it Forest Moon and all of the pots of a certain size I send over to him because he reuses them and they can be reused this is the thing but the industry now it's easier to just bin start afresh than to reuse them usually so that is my pet peeve okay do you have a pet peeve yeah Um, it's not really anyway like that it's less industry more specific two different things and one of them is this obsession with people about clipping everything into a ball Uh, in a garden everyone Mm. likes to clip their shrubs Okay, so I gather you are not talking there about lovely spherical shaped topiaries that you can buy. I gather you're talking about the suburbs. Who's that movie director who worked with um, John Waters? John Waters type of parody of the summers where everything is clipped into a shape because of this desire by the suburbanite to control yeah. and to have things neat and tidy. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a ball. It usually is kind of, you know, cloud-shaped, I suppose, is the best way because it's slightly off-centre or slightly off-shape, whatever, in terms of a circle. But Well, there is uh, no shape. Is there, there is no shape, but it has to be clipped. And if it isn't clipped, it isn't right. And it has to be clipped a couple of times a year. Uh, it's usually, you know, the things like Berberis and Privet and all oh, of those yeah. classic things. Oh, okay, that, you've got me. The purple Berberis clipped into whatever yeah. shape. And every single shrub that has any way sort of a dense uh, kind of structure to it will get clipped to within an inch of its life. And you look at this garden and it's just blah, 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 blah. It becomes a blob garden. 
You're um, you're so right. Now that can be interesting and it can be ironic and it can be funny and it, it can be can design. Be. Yeah. But it can be bloody awful too. <laughs> you're so right. You're you're so right. So now that you've said that, you've you've reminded me of something else. I grew up in the suburbs of Dublin in a place called Rathfarnham. Mm-hmm. We had a wedge-shaped back garden made of concrete blocks, and my mum would prefer to see those, especially in the early days. So for the first twenty years that we lived there, from nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety, she preferred to see those concrete blocks than climbers go up the, the wall. And when our neighbours who were more garden oriented than my parents were. They would plant climbers the moment they went away on their summer holidays. My mum wouldn't upset them by cutting them back, but it was only the growth that came over her side. She would be out like Edward Scissorhand, clipping everything. The moment she'd peer through those net curtains, the moment that Ford Cortina went up around the corner, she was out there with the shears, clipping everything back because it wasn't neat, tidy, or controllable. Do you want to know another thing that she did? Yeah, go for it. So, in latter years, when she felt she was getting a bit more rural oriented, or maybe she felt she was becoming a good gardener or whatever, all she grew was Obrisha and Campanula. That was it. But she had a little pond with goldfish in it. Do you know how she cleaned the pond? Uh, dishwasher soap. She put bleach in the water <laughs> with the goldfish. And it was a family joke, and the goldfish always survived. It was, I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. So are you telling me, in a pond somewhere in suburban Farnham, a- there's bright orange or yellow fish from, like, The Simpsons going around with four eyes? Because- it was also the tiniest pond that you've ever seen. So there was no escape for this goldfish. How did it survive? I mean, it's a one-off. They should have it in a lab in Wuhan. <laughs> Do you have any other pet peeves or is it my turn? Oh, well, my other one was, uh, it's not really a pet, well, it is a pet peeve, but it's a statement. So it starts off with a statement. And that statement is, it doesn't rain in a pot. Oh, this is very good. This is very good. Now, Something I, I read, actually. Yeah. Only yesterday. Was it Conrad? No, it was in a magazine, but he might have read it from the same magazine because it's only... Well, no, because he did, well, maybe he did, but he, he writes in magazines, so it could have been Conrad. No, it's not him. Okay, who's Conrad? Uh, Conrad is on Instagram at that botanic guy, and he's a gardening friend of ours. What's his second name? McCormack. So he's a bodybuilder from the north of Ireland, and he's very, very good. And we were having downpours last week, but he was digging into his soil, saying, "Look." The rain isn't penetrating here because of the canopy of the leaf. Uh, it just isn't wetting the ground. And you might still need to water even though we've had this so-called heavy rain. And this is particularly so in pots. And it's true, especially if you're in retail, someone comes in and they go, oh, my plant's died. And you go, did you water it? No, but it's rained. Well, that doesn't matter. When a plant is in a pot, the amount of area that is actually given for root is so little comparative to what it would even have if it was in the ground in the soil where it would have technically unlimited supply of at least you know soil and therefore moisture in a pot you're restricting it there's a huge amount of foliage they're usually fed a lot in a pot so there's even more foliage there is no way in hell that water will be able to go 
from when it rains down through those leaves and into the pot to do any more than wetting the top couple of centimetres of soil. So you really, really have to water your pots, even if it has been torrentially raining, because if you don't water a pot, it will die and you'll be upset. That's true. Another peeve. I'm going back to plastic. Plastic lawns and plastic vertical gardens. Well, now, plastic lawns, I don't disagree with. Plastic vertical gardens can shove themselves somewhere because... <laughs> OK, we'll just leave it at... I know, I know your point. With plastic lawns in a small courtyard where the sun doesn't get and using it as an alternative... To paving. To and paving. Got kids they're and apt. But you yeah. and me know both that if you have big area... Don't put, please don't put that in a plastic lawn for so many different reasons, but particularly to do with pollinations and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. But plastic vertical gardens, Paul. Just like, why the fuck? Just put plaster on it. It's just Paint a picture. Paint plastic. it. Paint a mural. Paint whatever. Do something with it. Just don't put up a load of plastic crap on the wall because as plastic ivy is a thing now. You can buy that and, you know, plastic trellis with ivy on it. It's just terrible. Plastic... Uh, vertical Gardens, what's the part? Dirt, a Go Loud original. Go loud! Go loud! I, I'm a bit of a quandary. Do I send a wreath or a bouquet of flowers to Aideen? Send her living flowers because cut flowers. Yeah, send her. let's send her a real life plant rather than a load of dead flowers. Okay. Yeah, and if she's alive or dead. You better figure that out first. First, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll be back with Aiden next week. Yeah. Um, next week we are going to talk a little more about houseplants, uh, delve into Not the Not a little more, that. we haven't talked about it. We're going to talk a lot more about them uh, because <laughs> Dermot thinks that a little bit isn't the correct term there. Uh, we have a huge amount to say about houseplants. You have a houseplant shop, basically. I've loads. You've got a few, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll have a few things in the studio. It's how hopefully. I got into gardening, really, in a way. Oh. Houseplants, yeah, and terrariums and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So we're going to have all of that. And in the meantime, don't forget to like, subscribe to the Go Loud app. And write and a review about Paul. <laughs> how do you write a review about me? Cat Weasel is very good. With <laughs> Cat Weasel? <laughs> anyway, uh... Our podcast drop on Monday. Write, like, review, and download. Subscribe, I think. Subscribe. Yeah. Go Loud App. Go Loud App. <laughs> it's it's just words. <laughs> it's as crap as the studio. What? <laughs> the last line is, Dirt uh, is a Go Loud original. It's available first every Monday on the Go Loud App. Dirt is a Go Loud original and it's available every Monday on the Go Loud app. It drops every Monday on the Go Loud app. It drops. How do you drop an entire podcast? Grow Loud? That's your, that's your app. Can we grow loud? Can we take that? As a... <laughs> that would have been brilliant. Oh, we're recording. We were still, yeah. <laughs> You've got it. Grow Loud. <laughs> it's great. It's like yeah. out and proud. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Dirt with Derma Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. Go loud!